Praising our Savior all the day long. What is your story, friend? What is your song? Let's go ahead and start the right way. You've reached the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. I'm your host, Emma Bergama, and I'm so glad you're here today. Let's bow our heads, humble our hearts, turn them towards the Father. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. King of kings, thank you for the sister on the line. Thank you for the power of your testimony. Thank you for the power of your transformation. Lord God, we know that without you would be nothing, and so we're so grateful for grace. Thank you, Lord, for the hour we're about to spend together. May it be pleasing in your sight, God. I just pray for the hearts that are listening right now. I pray for our hearts. May we be completely and utterly in love with you, Jesus. Whatever it takes, we adore you, King. Amen. Well, welcome, everyone. Welcome to the Kingdom Work for Christ online radio show. I'm so excited you have tuned in. We are in for a fun topic. We're going to be talking about politics. We're going to be talking about Kingdom Work for Christ within this environment. And on the line, I have a dear sister in Christ that I would love to introduce to you guys at this time. Bonnie, how are you? Hi, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. 
Ah, that's so great. It's so good to hear your voice. How was your day? Well, it's uh, been kind of, you know, long, just like everybody else. But in the end, it's, you know, it's all well. That's right. Absolutely. Well, everyone is tuning in. Bonnie is um, is anonymized today. And the reason for that is because we really <laughs> want to tune in on a couple of um, we want to tune in on a couple of, of reasons why people vote a certain way for a certain party. And mm-hmm. so we want people to listen. We want you to actually focus on that rather than who it is or what it is. Yeah. So this is the reason really for the anonymization. And we're going to be doing that for the person who will be coming in and speaking to the democratic party side, the independent party, the person who doesn't care really about politics. Um, And so, you know, this is going to be a fun couple of weeks. So, I'm so excited Bonnie is on, and I'm um, she's a dear sister in Christ, and I'm just really, really glad because um, we're going to be getting real, and if there's one of the things that she is definitely um, passionate about is is exactly that, just getting real. And so we're we're going to be asking some questions and getting some some um, some of her thoughts about mm. uh, reasons really for voting in a Christ-centered manner. For those of you tuning in for the first time, um, I wanted to introduce to you a little bit about what Kingdom Work for Christ is, and then in a second I will give a little bit more details about Bonnie's background. So Kingdom Work for Christ is really the full-time job of inviting Jesus to take over your day-to-day tasks. So if you think about it, when somebody asks you, who do you work for, or if they say, what do you do for a living? Is Christ anywhere at the forefront of that answer? Because at the end of the day, when we're Christ followers, we get to be his hands and feet. We get to do his will on a day-to-day basis. And as a byproduct of that, he places us in the different environments in which we are, including the ones that pay our bills, including the ones that fill our hearts as it relates to fun and social, including the ones that you know really prune us and grow us in character and as individuals. And so it's really all based on Matthew 28, 18 through 20. You may have heard about it as the Great Commission. And so what the Great Commission is, is that Jesus, after he not only died for our sins, but conquered death and resurrected all this so that mankind could have an eternity with God, right before going to the Father, he's still in flesh, he is resurrected flesh, He is giving a beautiful set of instructions to his followers. The thing to remember is that when Jesus is giving his instructions, there are actually doubters and there are people who believe, right? So those of you who are like, "Ah, I kind of have my doubts about Jesus, yep, that includes you too. If you've accepted him as Lord and Savior, that's you, so take heart. And he says this, he gives five-step instructions. He says, one, know that all authority in heaven and on earth is mine. Today we'll be focusing on authority. So this is really good to remember that the very first step of the Great Commission is that knowledge of him, first and foremost. As a byproduct of that, step two is, therefore, go make disciples of nations. Step three, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Step four, um, teach them to obey my commandments. Step five, know that I'm with you always till the end of the age. And what's fascinating to me about these five steps 
is that one starts with intimacy with Jesus, right? The second one continues on with intimacy with one another. And then, then, and only then do we start to, you know, baptize people, introduce them to the Holy Spirit, to Jesus, to God, to the Trinity. Only after we've done the first two steps do we get to then teach them about God's commandments and go ahead and, and tell them more about his glory and the way in which to function on earth. Once we've done the two, then we go and we know that he's with us always till the end of the age. And many times when I hear the Great Commission, a lot of people start out with, therefore, go make disciples of nations. I'm sorry, you cannot make disciples of nations without knowing that all authority is his. And you certainly can't do that without first going and understanding that the heart of God is that we will be in community with one another. So this is why Kingdom Work for Christ is so critical, important, and timely in this time. We need to, as Christ followers, know how do we navigate our day-to-day. It's simply not enough to do that at church on Sunday only. And it's simply not enough to do that on, you know, in Bible studies or in organized ministry. What does it mean if every single Christ follower took that opportunity that's in front of them today and really started asking for the will of God in every single opportunity they're in. This would be a body of Christ on fire. Mm. And so on this show, what we've done is we've talked about different environments. We've talked about what that means with gossip. What does that mean with chronic illness? What does it mean when you're trying to rest? What does it mean when you're dealing with issues of sexuality? And no, not just our pet little, you know, project of homosexuality where everybody that's like everyone's big issue big issue but i'm talking about sexuality issues right sexuality issues among the body of christ and outside the body of christ so premarital sex let's talk about masturbation let's talk about we've talked about this on this show we've talked about what it means to be a kingdom worker for christ and be a christ follower when it comes to disagreement how does that look when it comes to being um someone in the scientific community um, we had a wonderful, wonderful interview with a couple who are both scientists, different types of scientists, but scientists nevertheless. And so today we're starting to have an inter- to have interviews on politics. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's least favorite or most favorite topic, depending on what you um, what you your opinion is right now. And um, for those of you who are about to tune me off, hold off, hold on a second. We're not going to approach this from a talking heads perspective. I promise you that. We're not going to approach this from a any news channel that you're turning on perspective. I promise you that. And we're certainly not going to tell you who to vote for. And we're also not going to tell you that one candidate is the devil over another. What we are going to do is this. We are going to focus on what it is to be a Christ follower first. And as a byproduct of that, how do we navigate through politics. As a byproduct of that, how do we navigate through decisions on both sides of the aisle? And what does that mean for independents and the ones who are voting for independent parties? What does that mean for people who are voting, who really don't care actually to vote at all um, in this in this environment? So today is about the Republican Party very specifically. We're going to be talking about um, you know, historically conservative values and what that means. And our dear interviewee has very graciously agreed to talk about, you know, some of the reasons why she has voted um, a certain way and, and really from a Christ-centered perspective. So Bonnie, 
give you a little bit of background, is the Director of Operations for a Wealth Management Firm in Northern Virginia. She began career, her, her career excuse me, in um, financial services industry over 20 years ago. So she's the woman to know. <laughs> it was uh, very clear from the beginning that Bonnie's passion was really fueled by finance and, and financial services. And whether it was in the arena of operations within that field or services or client engagement, that was the passion that Bonnie had. Throughout the years, she's served in many management roles from client services to operations. And she really viewed this is a cool part and really the reason why I invited her to be on the show. She views her vocation as an expression of her faith. So for her, when it comes to serving God, it's about serving people, and that's the reason she works, you know, for a fee-only firm whose values are integrity and service and contribution. So, Bonnie, welcome. Well, thank you, Emma. I mean, that's quite an introduction, and um, so I want to thank you for inviting me to the show to talk on this very topic that's very um, animating mm-hmm. in our time. So. <laughs> very good euphemism. <laughs> I agree. I totally agree. It's a passionate time. And it's a good time to be a Christian, isn't it, Bonnie? It, it is. It's not easy, but there are great opportunities. That's right. Absolutely. The harvest is plenty, that's for sure. <laughs> Yes. Uh, well, what is a passage, Bonnie, that that's really spoken to you in the in the past uh, week or so? Well, what resonates for me throughout this whole election season is Proverbs eighteen twenty one, and it's very it's just in this brief, you know, caption of the tongue has the power of life and death. And it speaks to me, especially in this time right now, because there is no um, absence of words going around. Mm. And unfortunately, they are not the uplifting, inspiring. And so, mm-hmm. I, you know, you can really see the impact of the power of words. Yes. Absolutely. And you know, it's funny, it's interesting that you say that, Bonnie, because to your point, um, in the very last debate, one of my favorite questions was the very last one. And the gentleman asked, it was a town hall setting, and he asked, what's one positive thing that you can say about the other candidate? Mm. And each of them had to respond to that. You know, what a contrast. Mm -hmm. And it was such a contrasting question from all the other questions that had been you know, asked throughout the evening. So that's definitely a good point in general. Well, so, and I think it is so important because we might be watching it on the platform, mm-hmm. but the impact that we make as Christ followers are the words that we speak on our daily basis to our children, to our colleagues, right. to, you know, to our friends. And if you're married, then to your husband or wife, I mean, can you imagine the difference it would make if if we were really cognizant about what comes out of our mouth? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's um, it's interesting. I had a, a convicting moment earlier mm-hmm. on in the campaign, and it was during the primaries. 
And so, you know, we, we used to sort of have these conversations at, at, in my day job. And I remember being just really passionate, right, about certain, certain um, issues that we were addressing. Mm-hmm. And at the cost and at the expense of the other candidate, you know. And, and, and I remember that critical moment where I felt like the Holy Spirit convicted me very, very strongly about mm. the fact that I was just flat out wrong, you know. And even if it's a public figure and even if it's, um, you know, someone who is uh, being criticized, even if I'm repeating what the criticism was, to that extent I was still participating in, you know, the the really destruction of that person's character to the eye of the beholder. So, well, and I think I think you know you brought up a good point, and that is the the election reveals to us right the power of words. The mm. office of presidency is the, the the most powerful as it gets. So if you take on the concept of leadership mm. and, and the words that should come out of a leader to inspire and to lead his his nation or her nation. Mm-hmm. I'm, we're in a very concerning time because mm-hmm. if you play back the tapes of all the words that were said, you know, can we really find something that, that was edifying? I don't know, mm-hmm. but they are on tapes and they can be reviewed and mm-hmm. be, you know, talked about. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I um. So I, I would like to start us out with um, a passage. And then after that, I, I want to ask you a little more about how you came to know the Lord. So mm-hmm. to your point, First um, Timothy 2, 1 through 6, and this is really for all of us listening. I really pray this over us because this is our role as Christ followers right now. Mm-hmm. And if whatever our opinions are and whatever our political engagement and public engagement, whatever that is, if that is preventing us from what the passage that I'm about to read, then we really are in danger zone. We're in danger zone because we're not carrying out the great commission and the great environment to do it. So first Timothy Timothy two, one through six says, therefore I exhort first of all, that all supplications, prayers, intercessions, And giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and man, and the man Jesus Christ who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. So as we get ready to do this and as we're talking more to Bonnie, please let's put our hearts in the right place so that we can really intake some of the wisdom that she's going to give us today in a way that can be edifying to God, right, so that we glorify the Lord. Even if we agree or don't agree, we have to be able to still be in a position where we can pray for all men, including our two, our four candidates, really, but the two especially that seem to have the most potential to be in the presidency. 
So, Bonnie, how did you come to a relationship with Jesus? Yeah. Wow. That was actually a pretty long journey. I think Mm -hmm. uh, I had tried to explore the concept of faith uh, ever since I was a teenager. Uh, The funny, well, so my background is that I was born and um, raised in Taiwan and by my grandmother mostly, Mm -hmm. and she was Mm -hmm. a Buddhist nun. And, oh, wow. um, yeah, so, um, but I, I didn't believe, I wasn't an atheist, but I didn't really know who to believe, not even the statues that she worshipped. So to make mm-hmm. a long story short, at the end of 2001 was the beginning of a painful separation um, after t- being married for 10 years um, with two kids. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's when I really saw the people that loved me and adore me all of a sudden turn their backs and friends, you know, parents, mm-hmm. in-laws. It didn't make sense. So the foundation mm-hmm. was shaken by this newfound state. Mm-hmm. So um, during this very painful season, I said to a colleague and said, you know, I, I really want to go visit a church. And so she introduced me to McLean Bible Church. And um, mm-hmm. that was the beginning. That was the beginning of um, an incredible and incredible journey um, of the Lord and and he and it's just um, I, I I can't even describe because to me it was like a crash course you know some people right. were raised home church well I didn't get that luxury so <laughs> but um, it wouldn't it would be something I would never trade anything for so on June the 27th, 2004, I was baptized. And wow, that, that's powerful. Yeah. And only three years, really, after it seems like a, a time where you probably felt like your life was falling apart, right? Absolutely. And and um, one of my favorite things that I still hold, and this is the, a reminder of God's pursuit, Back in 1989, I was given a Bible when I was a non-believer. Someone had given it to me, and it was written to Bonnie, someone special in the sight of God. So as a non-believer, through various moves, I still have it. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And and I I still remember, I used to read the Bible, like reading a foreign book, but now it, it's it's a book that I cannot live without. So, yeah. Wow, wow, and that's actually really encouraging, Bonnie, because I know that you know I've spoken to a, a few people who mentioned that okay, you talk about reading the Bible, you talk about praying, but I read the Bible and I literally don't understand what it says. You know, as a matter of fact, I literally just had a conversation about an hour ago with a young man who verbatim said this. And, you know, it's a process. It's a process, and he does reveal himself, right? Definitely. It, it, especially to me, that is, you know, of the other world. I, it, because in another world, you have to speak a different language. Right. So how are you supposed to get that language if you're not of the world? I mean, you can go to a country, mm. and it's it's it it will be foreign until you're immersed in it and you become one of them wow great analogy really good analogy that makes sense so then as it relates to let's let's bring this 
that gives us a little bit of context and perspective as to why you care to address this topic from a Christ-centered perspective, right? Will you tell us what it means for you, you know, to, to be politically engaged and to be a Christ follower as well? Well, for me, foremost, is to be a Christ follower. I will admit um, my bent is not toward politics. Um, I think, you know, um, the influence might have been when I was little, my my dad was heavily involved politically. So as a young kid, I used to sit in these political discussions I have no awareness of. Mm. Could I have been interested? Definitely. But that didn't draw me. So, um, you know, I, I chose to do other things like playing with other kids. But um You mean you wanted to be a regular kid? What's that? Yeah, about? something like that, right? How what a what a concept, right? But um but um you know, I've always um been more drawn to people and numbers and so politics mm-hmm. was not something that I will admittedly say that that I follow closely, but that's mm-hmm. why this election is so perfect for me to be on this radio show because there's no <laughs> um, policies to be talked about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so tragic. <laughs> uh, it is. It is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have, I've never witnessed an election where you don't talk about social programs really, you know, how we're going to address global issues. It's a, yeah. a bunch of bantering of um, discussion. Back and forth, yeah. So. Absolutely. Mm. So that's, that's the I'll only leave. reason I agree for this show. Because <laughs> you're not going to quiz me on what's, who stands for what, you know, on their policies and stuff like that and how it's all going to get all worked out. That's right. It's it's not it's not a quiz show. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so you know, and you you bring up a really good point, um, Bonnie, which is there is there's definitely, I think a, a fertile ground, and you and I were talking about that before the show for Christ followers to really be the light in the midst of this, right? Because it's the harvest is plenty, and since we're not talking about political actual issues and policy, hmm. we are talking about character and we're talking about values and. What a great way to introduce the values of Christ in the midst of crazy values, right? Definitely. Yeah. So what do you think is the most important part of being a U.S. citizen? Wow. I I think um, it's one to not take granted because... I, for me, uh, I I had to come here legally, so it wasn't um, like I was born and I was given this citizenship right away. Mm. So I think it, it resonates to life where when it's given to you, there's a propensity to take it for granted, right? So right. what I love, love about this country is freedom, opportunity, and, and and the ability to have um to use them for good because mm. no nowhere else can you say what you need to say without 
some sort of um, shawning from either, you know, the authority or even people. I mean, mm. we can have opinions, but right. our opinions and that freedom is what is unique about this country. And it's so funny because the other day, I can't remember exactly what the discussion and um hmm. but it just reminded me how much I take the freedom for granted because the person reminded me, Well, Bonnie, if that was done in another country, you know, they might have been shot. I was like, Yeah. Mm. Wow. So when when you take it for granted, when you take it for granted like your parents parents are supposed to take care of you and love you. You know, you take for granted that you're in the US and therefore you're supposed to be free and have all these endless opportunities. It's what makes this country great. Hmm. So what are some of the Christ-centered reasons why, you know, why you have voted um, for traditionally for the Republican Party? And I think you use the word traditionally. I, I can't say that I am party-driven because mm-hmm. I believe as a Christ follower, both parties have elements that the Bible speaks of. And these are general generalizations, so I'm not saying that if you're Republican, then you're not doing social programs. That's totally not what I'm saying. But for the most part, it can be agreed on, right, that the Democrats Mm -hmm. tend to care more about social programs and then Mm -hmm. that the Republicans tend to care more about pro-life and the foundation of a family unit. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. when I think about my values and what is important to me and what, what I believe that the Bible is asking I do see that it veers more on the Republican side. Hmm. So what are some, um, give us some examples, like some some reasons. So you talked about the pro-life as an example. Um, what are some other reasons that you have voted um, Republican? Sure. So for me, family is very important because, hmm. Family is the foundation of where society builds its its these little units. Mm-hmm. So if if the the family units are not healthy, you it's hard to fathom that you would have a healthy nation. Hmm. And so what, what the cohesiveness yep. of yep. a family to me is very important. Definitely. And so, what are the um, what do you think, in, biblically speaking, are some of the examples that you draw from, you know, with to your point about family and the whole wholesome nature of what a family should be? It's very hard to talk on that topic right now, and it's not because I'm afraid. But mm-hmm. I think um, I would just only speak for myself. Absolutely, and I, yeah. And, and I think that's fair. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that people have to agree, but this is this is how I see it. Yeah, and actually you made a really good point, Bonnie, that I want to I share with our listeners. Um, by no stretch of the imagination are we, 
are we making general blanket statements about how mm-hmm. every single Republican votes, nor how every single Christian Republican votes? Um, this is really an interview with one person. Yes. About her experiences, and we are doing the best we can to stay focused on how it ties in to the gospel rather mm-hmm. than make a generalization about it. So to everyone mm-hmm. who's listening, just to be crystal clear, that's what's happening here. So Bonnie, please, you know, have the freedom. And see, I hope you feel like you have the freedom to really share what that experience is and, and the fact that, that that's why you voted the way you voted and, you know, uh, and, um, with freedom, essentially. Sure, yes. So, um, you know, if you really think about two individuals coming together to form a union, it's what we call marriage. And one of of the the, um, commands from the Bible is be fruitful and multiply, right? Mm -hmm. So to me, procreation outside of all the scientific, you know, advancement, procreation really only happens, that I know of, between a man and a woman. Mm. So right there, the science works, the, the, the emotions, right? I mean, there, there there's a reason that God does not, want premarital sex because that's bonding of two human beings into a union and in that you you create another human being now i was married for 10 years and you know unfortunately later on down the road um divorced and i i chose not to um remarry while my kids were small and um so now they're they're more grown so the reason why I felt that strongly is because I always, I was also a product of a divorce. And um, mm-hmm. I think um, when you have that blended family, I will say my dad did his very best to bring me up as his own. Mm-hmm. But I I think it would be not truthful to say that, you know, it was that I couldn't feel the difference. So what I'm saying is that regardless of how I feel about my children's father, I know one thing in common with him, that we both love those kids. Mm. Yeah. And, and so for that, for that, even in the midst of adversity and disagreements and, and all this ugliness of what divorce creates, mm. that is one aspect of unity that we do have. Now, unfortunately, during, you know, divorce, you know, it gets all convoluted and it makes, and and the kids suffer. Thus, I fight even more for the foundation of family. And that's not to, you know, I am happy when somebody tells me that they're gay and lesbian because that's your lifestyle. I might not agree, but I would hope that as much as you want me to respect your position and I will want you to have a happy life, that you can also respect my position. I'm not asking you to change your point of view, and all I'm asking is that you don't do the same for me. Hmm. That's a fair point, Bonnie. Um, one of the things that you mentioned was, you know, the 
the fact that you vote that way because of the wholeness of marriage. And mm. let me ask you this. What do you think is important about having government be in line with biblical principles? I mean, isn't government separated from the church? That's one of the things that, you know, often gets um, stated as one of the good things about this country. What do you, what's your opinion on that? Mm. Well, I think um, that one for me probably is a bit hard to answer mm-hmm. just because, um, you know, I, I think God would want us to be self-governing, you know, and, and, but I think also, you know, we it is, you know, a broken world, and so that's why we have all these laws. But in a perfect world, we should be all self-governing so that all, you know, we don't require policies, you know, to guide us, or laws to guide us to as to how we should go. If you really look at it, you know, the Ten Commandments, you know, would not be necessary if we had just, you know, stayed the, the way that that was intended. Mm, yeah. And you know, it's interesting because the thing about when I look at the way God governs, he really says, just hang it, just hang out with me. You know, don't stray. Don't try to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Just hang out with me. And if you do this, mm-hmm. you don't even have to worry about following rules because as a byproduct of hanging out with me, you're going to be doing the right thing. You know, and, and I think there's um, one of the things that that's really important as we're doing this show and we're continuing is the encouragement is that all authority in heaven and on earth yes. is the Lord's, is the Lord's. Definitely. You know, there, there's a lot but, of truth in that. And in that, in that, what has he given us? Free will. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are the other, what are some of the, other reasons you've you've definitely done a great job, Bonnie, and thank you so much for you know explaining um, for the the pro life and the family um, issues that um, you think really resonates with the Republican Party. What are some other Christ centered reasons for voting Republican? Well, I um, so for seven years I have my small business, so I do have a heart for entrepreneurship. Um, so I think the Republicans, in my mind, tend to foster that. You know, I, I don't I don't mean to get into the nitty gritty because I also see when it gets to the other side of like all the corporate earnings and all that stuff. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, mm-hmm. But I do I do believe that that is the coolness of of the incur- because. It is the land of opportunity, and and it is um, to me the the one. Um, and I I think it's very biblical, you know, because when you have a business, you, it's not only about you. You create opportunities, you create innovation, you are a contribution. And to me, that's all very biblical. So expand a little bit on that in terms of contributions. Um, you know, you you've talked about sort of. Are you going more so the route of serving people? Is that what you're what definitely? You mean I mean, even let's say, um, well, you know, if I wanted to do a cleaning service, you mm-hmm. know, um, business, 
for for somebody who's for a mom who's you know tired of chasing kids and you can have a a trustworthy service that come and and take that part away that's contribution that mm. you know and and that's what businesses do is that they create opportunities they create benefits um they engage um employees to work together and think about better solutions. I mean, this is the progression of a society. Mm-hmm. And and we even see it more now with um, you know, the the advancement of technology. Mm-hmm. I think the only the only cautionary I would say is we have to know our limits, you know? I mean, I one of my other favorite passage in the Bible is all things are possible but not all things are beneficial Mm. yeah so what's interesting about what you said too is that you know in in positioning Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know serving whether it's as an entrepreneur or whether it's as a an employee Mm. as long as it seems like as long as the positioning is such that God comes first Definitely. And then what you do is a byproduct of that. There can be incredible kingdom outcome from that. However, the flip side is there can also be incredible destructive impact, right, from that. Um, I think of the, the businesses that have single-handedly ruined thousands mm. of people because oh, the greed and the pride took over, you know, and it's like that that can't be, that can't be, you know, the way in which a society grows either. Um, so, But that's but yeah, why I, that financial service industry is so endearing to me because for a majority of my life I have worked with money, and money is merely a tool. And I've mm-hmm. seen it for good. I've seen it for evil. I've seen where it has really um, made a difference in, in one's life, um, and then I've mm-hmm. seen the destruction. And so, but, you know, it's not the money um, that did it. It's what people did with the money that did it. Absolutely. You know what's so so cool to me, at least from doing the show over the past um, year and some, is to be able to witness the way in which God has positioned his, his followers in these different industries. Mm-hmm. And um, early on, I remember having a sister in Christ who is in financial services as well. And she was talking about just the way in which she's been able to do evangelism from the kitchen table, you know, <laughs> to the yes. train, to, to whatever. It's just so neat, you know. And, and oftentimes we, we hear about these industries and it's like there can't possibly be Christ followers there because money is greed and greed is takes over. And, you know, and, and I think it's it's really refreshing to be able to see that the people of God are everywhere and Absolutely. And, um, you know, especially transitioning from being a small business owner and now back into um, an employee, I think another um, important thing to be mindful about is your role, your role um, in an organization, in the family. There are times you're called to speak up because you have the authority and there are times that you are not the authority and you you have to submit and all that is very biblical and people are watching. Hmm. 
So let me ask you, have you always um, voted in a Christ-centered, based on Christ-centered principles? That's where it's hard for me, and that's where I mentioned earlier, I, I do believe both parties have speak to parts of Bible, and um, I, I just don't think that parties should trump country or God. Mm. Tell us more about that. What do you mean by that? Well, I have witnessed people on both sides that they hold so dear to their candidate, even though their candidate may not reflect what their party actually represents. And Mm. to me, that's alarming because, um, you know, you right is right, wrong is wrong, and there are times to be able to step back and say, you know, I don't agree with that. That's not who. That's not who we are. You know, that's not what our party represents. Yeah. And I, I think you cannot talk yourself into something that you know it goes against what the foundation of the party stood for. Hmm. And to your point, as Christ followers very specifically, you know, from a God-centered perspective, it really ought to be God first, you know, mm-hmm. and everything else later. And so we, we can't really talk ourselves out of what, you know, what God says is right. Um, and obviously there are going to be compromises. There's not a single person who's voting who is not compromising in one way or another if they're Christ followers. It, it's really that simple. There's no party that is a Christ-centered party that has ever existed. Right, there's no, I mean, yes, that would would be very prideful to say, you know, and um, and I, but I do believe what is interesting in this election, there is a comparison of sins on both sides. And Mm -hmm. um, it's interesting to see how each party is justifying X sin is worse or less than the other. Sin is sin, right. period. Right, right. Adultery Maybe. is not worse or less than death. Lying mm. is not worse than, you know, more than stealing. But mm. this is where the war is being played on the political platform right now. Right, right. And it's really, it really is, um, it's heartbreaking in many respects. It's um th- that's the reason why I'm really I'm excited about these next couple shows because um no truly oh, I, I mean, would say I'm like, a good luck to you. <laughs> <laughs> you know you're not for some reason you're not the only person who said that. Um, <laughs> you're a brave woman. <laughs> just trying to follow his leading. Um mm. but you know honestly I I just I'm excited because I know that the people who are going to be coming on are people who um you know, who do have a desire to follow God and mm. who are going to be honest about why they make the decisions they make and, you know, and, and at the same time be level-headed enough to see from others' perspectives why they would be making the decisions they're making. And I think that's super, super, super important. Um, you know, once we start losing sight of that and we start judging the uh, other people's decisions based on, you know, the fact that they don't align with our own decisions, then we can't be in a position to pray for them, not properly. Mm. And that's a big you know, 
Well, and I think more important, though, is, you know, to me, the election is in three weeks. I think mm-hmm. it's more important to watch and um, that we as a nation have to confront the outcome of the election. Mm-hmm. You know, what do we learn about our country? Because yeah. ultimately, ultimately, who we pick is a reflection of who we are as people collectively. Mm-hmm. You know, to that respect, I also... I see this as a really good time for us to, as a as a body of Christ, to get together and really pray over healing, mm. because the damage being done in this election cycle is such mm. that, you know, there's so much bruising, there's so much spiritual, um, just chaos. And I was listening to one of the news channels this morning. You know, I, I shared in a couple of shows previously that. I actually do enjoy the news because I I do think it's important to be informed and I try to do it from different sources, including sources that are really contradictory to one another um, for this very simple reason. One, I think that having an understanding of how the different perspectives are being put on the table helps to address it from a Christ-centered perspective Mm -hmm. in a way that is an informed perspective. And so I was listening this morning to one of these channels that were talking about this onset of political stress disorder. And obviously, in order to have an actual disorder, you have to have, you know, a series of years of study and everything like that. So they can't, they can't call it a diagnosis yet. But so the woman who came on called it a phenomenon. And mm. it's a political stress disorder. And I'm like, the fact that that's even being addressed as a thing Right is a is a is a symptom of how just <laughs> toxic and infectious this this cesspool is right now, you know. And but we have the answer. We as Christ followers, we actually have a solution. But we either choose to use that solution and to share it with the world because it's good news, or we choose to cocoon ourselves up and engage in you know political stress disorder. Which one is it but I be? think it's easier to gravitate toward the masses, and that's why yeah. I do believe the importance of solitude. And you know, Jesus did that. Jesus, had, Jesus went away, right? In order mm-hmm. for us to hear from God, we have to go away. We have to tune out what's on TV, mm-hmm. because unfortunately, the media is more in the mode of sensationalism. Absolutely. You know, so um, studies have shown if they they try to do a piece of news, um, bad news or good news, people are going to go for the more shocking and, you know, and that's, but if you, if you heed to that, then your world's going to be more revolved around that. And that's why it's especially important to, to have time with the Lord and tune out so that you, you could be more grounded back to Christ center back to the word and back to what we're commanded to do. Hmm. What a keen point. I also think of, um, you know, how in many respects, the way in which the Lord taught us the great commission Hmm. starts out with that. Exactly what you're talking about, that knowing that his authority in heaven and on earth 
is his it really happens in that in that solitude you just brought up you know and, mm. and so i'm really grateful and thankful that you have um and even if we look at the 10 commandments right knowing that he is the lord god is the number one commandment and again mm. you have that 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 flow of know who i am then know who other people are and then within that context, by the way, don't, you know, don't steal, don't cheat, don't don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, covet, so on and so forth. But there is there is such precious jewels in that solitude. Um, why do you think that people who are Christ-centered vote for other parties? I think what comes to mind for me is fear. Fear of judgment, fear of isolation, fear of, you know, exclusion. Um, I don't, and then I think uh, people are not as informed and therefore might listen to unsound counsel. Sometimes in the little twisting of words, just like what the devils did, you know? Hmm. Um, And then... One of the things that you mentioned earlier that was interesting, um, you said you can see how, you know, people would vote for the Democratic Party, for example, because social programs who are, you know, because there are some, I I don't want to steal your words, but I think you were talking about biblical insights from both Mm. parties. Mm-hmm. So what did you mean, you know, what are some of the social programs that you think people who are Christ followers would vote for in um as it relates to the Democratic Party? Well, I would hope, right? Take care of the poor, the needy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and, you know, again, I, I think it's hard to, for me to speak on that because I do believe the there's a reason, and it's a good reason, because can you imagine mm-hmm. if we just had one party? Right. I mean, that's, right? That democracy loses its face entirely. <laughs> Um, But both parties start with great reasons for for the foundation of. And then down the road, you know, it gets complicated because human hands are in it. But, yes, I – education, you know, tends to be more toward the Democratic side. Um. And military tends to be more on the Republican side. Mm. Uh, as a human being, I think both are important. So I, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's you know this is where I I don't appreciate being judged if let's say you know one year somebody has a more superior education and that and that's the way that I went for it. How can you say that? That's not biblical. Mm-hmm. And the other part point. is biblical too. You're supposed to protect yourself, protect your nation. You know what I mean? So I, you know what? Um, the Bible is our guide. It's not as a weapon to hurt each other. Mm-hmm. That was not the Lord's intent. It was to give us life. Yeah. And it's you know, and that's that's what's being played out. Unfortunately, that that Bible is 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 created for unity, not for division. Right, and really, with the with the primary unity being that with 
the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, you know, for eternity. And I think a lot of times what gets misunderstood is that that unity, um, you know, requires Mm. um, slaying and division and all that, but it it, it doesn't have to. It can come with it, but it doesn't have to. But unity is not conformity. Yes. Yep. Absolutely. And that's why as a kingdom worker for Christ, I think kingdom worker for Christ, I think it's more than ever important to really understand what are the Christ centered reasons why we do what we do. Not just in this environment of politics, but just in general, on a day to day basis, you know? What is it that governs our steps, our decisions, and the way in which we interact with one another? And I always go back to prayer. If we can't pray for people, if we can no longer pray for people, and it's not being a doormat to your point, mm. Bonnie, but it's saying if you have, if, if there are issues that you have with someone else, if you no longer can pray for them, yep. that's a problem. That's an issue. But, Emma, before you do that, can I just um, insert just one final thing? Yeah, please. Yep. The election's already been decided. It might be three weeks from now. It's already been decided. Oh, you think so? Oh, no. What, why do you say that? It's been decided because the outcome, we might not know the outcome, but we know who holds the outcome. Hmm. You're saying from a godly perspective. We we are just little people. We have no. I mean, these are the battles, right? Mm. That's being played in front of us. But the outcome, in my mind, it's mm-hmm. it's already been set. Mm. And we might we might you know the Republicans, the Democrats, the Independents, they might they everybody's trying to do their best to have control over. Mm. That's what I believe yeah. You know it's interesting you bring that up Because I definitely um, There's a passage that I think really speaks to Draws a little bit more What you're saying So this is in Daniel And in Daniel um, 4 he, King Nebuchadnezzar had a dream He wants interpretation mm. All of his magicians failed They don't <laughs> know what they're talking about so he goes and he he calls a Daniel and he says, you know, I need you to interpret this dream. And so Daniel starts to do that. He's when he starts to interpret the dream, he's actually kind of he's kind of shaken because hmm. this dream is about Nebuchadnezzar literally losing his kingdom, going hmm. mad and insane hmm. until he admits <laughs> that God is God. So of course Daniel is like, I don't want to tell you that. I know, and he, right? <laughs> But he handles it in such a in such a neat way. And towards the end, I want to read that for us right now because, to your point, Bonnie, um, the hope is that all authority in heaven mm. and on earth is God's, mm. right? Yeah. If that is true, if the Bible is true to what it mm-hmm. says, then what Bonnie just said must be true, mm. because if that's not true, then the Bible is not true. And so essentially what Bonnie just told us was God knows what's going to happen. And regardless yeah. of how out of control things seem on November 8th, God is still in control, right? And so 
Daniel 4 says, um, let's start with, uh, let's start with um, 22. So in verse 22, it says, it's you, O king. You Mm -hmm. have grown and become strong. Your greatness has grown, reaches the heaven, your dominion to the ends of the earth. And because the king saw a watcher, a holy one coming down from heaven and saying, chop down the tree, destroy it but leave the stump of its roots in the earth bound with a band of iron and bronze in the tender grass of the field and let him be wet with the dew of heaven. Let his portion be with the beasts of the field and until seven periods of time pass over him. Here's the interpretation, O king. It is a decree of the most high, Daniel's talking about God, which Mm -hmm. has come upon my Lord, the king, He's talking Mm. about King Nebuchadnezzar. So this is a decree from God to Nebuchadnezzar. And he says, you shall be driven from among men. So you're going to be cast out. And your dwelling will be with beasts of the field. You will be made to eat grass like ox. And you will be wet with the dew of heaven. And seven periods of time will pass over you till you know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. And as it was commanded to leave the stump of the roots of the tree, your kingdom will be confirmed for you from from the time that you know that heaven rules. Therefore, King, let my counsel be acceptable to you. Break off from your sins by practicing righteousness and your iniquities by showing mercy to the oppressed so that perhaps there may be lengthening of your prosperity. Here's the deal. God is still in control. The most high rules in 2016 amidst the candidates that we have. And the hope of glory is, to Bonnie's point, on November 8th or November 9th, whenever we find out what the results are, the God who is the most high who created heaven and earth, including the people running, is still in control. That's right. We might not like the outcome. Just like Joseph didn't like his outcome being in prison. Mm. But what we're not privy to is what this is all about until probably down the road. That's right. But but God is is sovereign and he is in control because out of, to me, out of, I'm not, okay. I, I will be very bold and said, you know, I'm not sure the Republican um, picked well because mm-hmm. out of 17 possibilities, this is what mm-hmm. we ended up with. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> ah, tragic. Right. So then the, the the thing is, no matter what happens, the hope of glory is that our God has us under control. Right. All God, as a, as a follower, God only requires our obedience. Our obedience does not guarantee outcome that we want. Mm. It, Amen. It's throughout the Bible stories of many great men and women. Yes. And to your point, um, Bonnie, to be crystal clear, our obedience is obedience to God first. Yeah. You know, and you, you, as you beautifully outlined, it, it really, really, really shouldn't be the party. 
And it really is important if, if we are Christ followers who are true to the Bible, that we really examine what we're doing and how we are evaluating the candidates this election. Because we have an opportunity to stay true to God over party. Correct. And in the end, I think also as a Republican, we as a body of Republicans have to look at what happened. You have to self-reflect. How do we get there? (laughs) Because Mm -hmm. we let it happen. That's a good point. That's a good point. Wow. So what are some parting comments that you have for us, Bonnie? Mm, I think what I would hope the public sees is that every little decision, as insignificant as it may seem, it is going to drive the outcome because I think we're in a society so seared by this, um, what do they call reality show that people mm-hmm. forget. Mm-hmm. Guys, this is not a reality show. This is not The Bachelor. This is not The Voice. You know, right. the winners, the right. losers, yeah, you know, especially the winners, yes, they go on and they, they they sign, you know, some album where they marry some hot person of their dream <laughs> because even those marriages or those setups, you know, I don't, I can't see any biblical stuff in that, you know, <laughs> but um, but my main point is they live with their consequence. The election is not a reality show. Whoever gets elected is actually going to rule over us, whether we like Mm -hmm. it or not, and it's going to impact us. And I think it's so, my goodness, that that Mm -hmm. vote that some other parts of the world never gets to have, Mm -hmm. and we so you know, carelessly just cast like, oh, you know, it's because it's popular because somebody so-and-so told me to do so. Right. How many lives have fought for this vote that we would cast every single four years? Mm. That's really what we have to remember. And that would be my hope that we go back as a nation and really be united regardless of the outcome. Mm-hmm. Not for, you know, if if it's not right, then go through the process because, you know, rules were set out. I'm not saying bad things are going to happen. I'm just saying let's wake up. You know, this is our livelihood. This is our country. You know, this is the nation of the great that everybody wants to come to. Let's mm. go back to that. I, of all people, have been so grateful for what, for what this nation has bestowed for me and my life. Mm. And that's why I'm especially passionate because had I stayed, you know, where I was born, I might not be who I am. I have the freedom to speak and to think and to learn. And all of that is what God really wants for us. He died us so that we could be free. Mm. That's awesome. Wow. Well, 
Uh, or a little bit over an hour, but it was so rich that I think it's more than worth it. Bonnie, thank you so, so, so much. I'm mm. deeply humbled and privileged that you have said yes to sharing with us. And um, your thoughts and insights were just were, were really precious. So thank you. Well, thank you, Emma. Thank you, audience. Absolutely. Will you pray us out? Absolutely. Father God. We thank you. We thank you for this nation. This is your nation. This is your people that so precious to you. Father God, regardless of the outcome, um, it's not about the election. I, I truly um, sense that it's the drawing back to you that mm. um, is what is at hand. Lord, I pray that we humble ourselves, that we continue to seek you. Um, And I pray for the ones, the people that don't know you, that um, one day they will see how gracious, how merciful, and how loving you are. And, um, Lord, I, I just am so privileged that I get to call myself a Christian, a follower of Christ, because I serve a Savior who was and is um, the embodiment of what love and freedom is. And, um, Lord, I just um, pray that your protection continues um, on this nation. And... um, In the end, may your glory and may your will be done. And we pray all this in Christ Jesus. Amen. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much, Bonnie. To those of you who are listening in, if you're tuning in and you don't believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, first of all, thank you. Thank you for listening to a show Mm. that is Christ-centered and for especially listening to the end. And know this, God is pursuing you. He loves you. He created you. He Absolutely. Just, he, he wants you, yeah, he wants you to come to him. He wants to navigate you through this life. So if you want to know more about that, you can contact us, contact at kingdomworkforchrist.com. If you are a believer in Christ seeking a church and you're just looking for resources, we have a bunch of online resources we can point you to. We definitely don't, you know, we're, we're not sponsored by anyone. This is um, what we have found are our powerful Christ-centered tools for you because it's important to remain fed while you're looking for a home church and absolutely important to get plugged into a home church that is Bible-centered and Christ-centered. So um, in the meantime, thank you to all who tuned in. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Bonnie, and have a wonderful day. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Bye-bye. 